0: I definitely feel like anytime I leave the church's campus, I should bring like a pocket knife and an MRE, you know, (laughs) I'm like, I went to go do an anointing uh, at a hospital and I definitely felt like I was going on an adventure, you know.
1: Hey everyone. So, that's Father Brad Doyle, a priest for the Diocese of Baton Rouge and host of the trivia podcast, The Quizzical Papist. For this latest B side, we purposely wanted to introduce you to a priest, and I'll explain why in just a moment, but can I just say how crazy these days of quarantine have become? Now, I know there are people in our community who are suffering far more than I those who number themselves among the 10 million Americans who have filed for unemployment in the past couple of weeks, those who are suffering from COVID-19, and of course those who have lost loved ones to it. My heart breaks for them, and we need to offer our prayers and sacrifices for them. But even in far less grave circumstances, things are just weird. A simple trip to the grocery store? And it's like you're living in a post-apocalyptic zombie movie. Except instead of a crowbar, you've got Clorox wipes and hand sanitizer. Things have gotten weird for Father Brad, too. He's the parochial vicar of St. Margaret, Queen of Scotland in Hammond. And he and the pastor, Father Jamin, have been shepherding a growing, bustling parish. But in the past couple weeks, he's suddenly gone from diocesan priest to a pseudo-monk.
0: Today, I was thinking about it, because me and Father, like, have a rhythm now of saying Mass, Father Jamin, the pastor, and, like, we trade off, like me one day him the other day and like the other can celebrate and we preach but then we read the gospel so and like we serve for each other and we like don't even say anything now we just like walk in and do it I'm like this this is probably what it's like in a monastery you know it's just like this understood rhythm of like liturgy and daily life and like you go straight from there and we eat breakfast or I pray morning prayer and then I go eat breakfast and um and start my YouTube stuff (laughs) Literally, all morning is spent uploading YouTube in the rectory.
1: Yes, you heard right. Even though the audio in our Zoom call skipped for a second, he's been spending a lot of time uploading videos to YouTube. Not something you really learn in seminary.
0: You know, at, right now I keep my line is I, I feel like a YouTuber. You know, if like, is this what <laughs> is this what YouTube? like being a YouTube influencer feels like, because I'm constantly just editing videos. At least that's what we're doing here at St. Margaret's. And um, I'm learning a lot about editing. I'm looking at videos. I'm like doing tutorials where it's like, oh, how do you best do a jump cut this, that, you know, I'm, I'm learning a lot because I have the time and it's the necessity. It's almost like times of war, like drive innovation. It's like times of war against the coronavirus drive. Like, I don't know innovation on my own creative ways I can do ministry.
1: I won't believe it until I see the ring light in your pupils. You know, you got to get one of those. Oh, shapes. we'll yeah.
0: see. Well, I got a real light. I don't have a ring light. I got like an actual, I know <laughs> what you're talking about though. Nice.
1: Okay. <laughs> then you can make those weird videos. Uh, what, when the people make noises, you know, and <laughs> try to give people the, uh, the chills while they're resting. You know what I'm oh, talking oh, yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. Priestly <laughs> ASMR. Yeah. There you go. We're like, we're like ringing
0: the bells, like,
1: <laughs>
0: and we're just like, uh, we're like opening the book. like Yeah, it's like, it's like auto, res- A-S, auto sensory meridian response.
1: Okay, nice. Now you got it, man. You got it.
0: Yeah. Well, I like trivia.
1: Indeed, he does like trivia. You may have heard of his podcast, The Quizzical Papist.
2: You're listening to The Quizzical Papist.
1: And if you find him on your favorite podcasting app, you'll also get episodes of his more catechetical show, Coffee Talk.
0: You're listening to Coffee Talk with Father Brad.
1: And while it's impressive to find a priest so engaged in apostolic and entertaining works on new media, lately Father Brad's been thinking there's also something providential about the fact that he had everything he needed to bring St. Margaret online. I'm sitting in front of this light, this
0: lamp, Dr. Brad Fosse told me to get it. I have my podcasting equipment, I have my microphone, I have my laptop that I upgraded for my podcast and for my, you know, coffee talk videos and got like a nice Nikon. I mean, it's almost like God prepared this moment. And then it was like, I had everything I needed to do online ministry for the parish immediately, you know? So that was kind of cool.
1: Hmm. God's providence, his care for us, These are things I've felt at different moments of my life. There was this one time when I got to visit Rome, and just stepping into the great Basilica of St. Peter's, and seeing the grandeur of the place, the beauty of all the artwork from Bernini, the sheer magnitude of the space I was in, I couldn't help but feel as if the Lord was speaking something to my heart. It was just one word. Solicitude like God wanted me to know of his great care for me and for the entire world. But these days, it's easy to lose sight of that. Where is God in all of this, this isolation, this super penance that's been involuntarily taken on by all of us? I recently heard from an old buddy of mine. He's a good man whom I first met when I was doing campus ministry at Cornell. And he sounded worried. He's worried about the virus, yes, and the people suffering from it and those who might die from it. But he was also worried that the church's ministers, its bishops and priests, weren't continuing their God-given mandate to bring the word and the sacraments to the people of God. I don't think he was contesting the measures needed to protect people from the virus, but simply wondering why the church's shepherds seemingly weren't being bold or creative in finding ways to continue ministering to their flock. And I don't think he's the only one wondering if God is still working during these crazy times, or if his ordained ministers are still fighting for the salvation of souls entrusted to their care. And that's when I remembered Father Brad, and in particular, this story he's about to tell you.
0: So... And all of this and this whole story kind of I want to place it and like nest it within the bigger context of like, how does the church minister in a time where there's like restrictions and things like that. Um, And even some people being upset with how stringent, having different ideas about how stringent, are we denying people the Eucharist, denying people the sacraments? Um, You know, everyone's got different ideas and the Bishop is the final authority. And, and it was clear to us, made clear to us by Bishop Duca that, um, no, and in, in cases of death, like you go to do the anointing, um, if it is somebody who is diagnosed with coronavirus or um, possibly or, or a presumed coronavirus, you have to call the chancellor and let them know because then after you'd actually have to be quarantined like totally for two weeks.
1: So priests were still going out to give last rites, and if it was for a coronavirus patient, they'd then have to self quarantine for two weeks. Well. Father Brad ended up getting a call about someone who was nearing death, but apparently she didn't have the virus
0: It was a, a woman one hundred and two years old um, and her family called and, and and in fact it was actually another parish but um, that priest actually had the flu and couldn't go in there um, because of his sickness and they wouldn't let him and and so I got the call where Father Jamin pushed it to me and um, I think he was in a meeting with the chancery and so I just just got my anointing oils, and I said there wasn't really like a fear or anything. Um, I'm pretty healthy, but um, so I showed up, and it was a small, a small little establishment, a small nursing home, and the family was outside, and they um, and they were all outside with their masks. And I walk up, and they're like, "Okay, father," like she's in this room. And I said, "Well, is there is there a member, or like a a manager of the place? I want to talk to him first. You know, I'm not just going to walk up in."
1: He wanted to speak to the manager because similar to other parts of the country, in Baton Rouge, nursing homes and healthcare facilities are severely restricting access to residents and patients for fear of creating a hot spot for coronavirus spread. And um
0: so he comes out and he just says, I'm sorry, uh he can't come in. And I'm um, I'm like, oh man, this is this ain't good. And, like she's literally 102 years old, faithful Catholic. Um, she's dying. She's gonna die without anointing the sick. Now, obviously, God's grace. God's not bound by the sacraments. We are, um, but it's still really sad. And and the family started pushing back, as as you can imagine, right? I mean, if you're the family, um, I wasn't pushing back. One because th- this guy's just the messenger. You know, um, mm-hmm. this is the policy. It's a policy set in place by the you know by the 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 nursing home.
1: This might seem like a weird interjection, but Father Brad is an avid CrossFitter. I've seen the proof on Facebook. With this athleticism, he had an idea.
0: I said, well, sir, I mean, is there any way I can? I was trying to, you know, here's these gloves, here's this mask, I can go in. He's like, no, it's only family. And I was like, well, can I I climb in through the window? Because they had mentioned that. As I was driving and calling them, they were like, Maybe you can climb in through the window. So I was like, I'll oh, climb in through the window. I mean, I've been doing CrossFit, so maybe that's in God's providence, that's why I've been doing CrossFit for all these years. Um, so I could climb through a window. Um, and he was like, No.
1: <laughs> so father's not allowed to go in. He's even offered to climb through a window to bring this lady the sacraments, but it's a no-go. It seems like Despite his valiant efforts and the pleading of her family, he just won't be able to get in. But then, one of the family members said something that caught everyone off guard, including Father Brad. So finally, they finally did a final push. He
0: said, this is the policy. Only family. And then one of the ladies uh, in the back, I think her granddaughter said, well, he's as much as a family member as any of us. And, and that just struck me in that moment. Um, I hadn't been seeing anybody. I hadn't been like doing ministry, hearing confessions for a couple of days at that point. And it was a, she ministered to me in that moment by saying he's part of our family because i didn't know them they're not even parishioners right it's another parish they all live in somewhere else she you know the the great grandmother lives here in another parish i don't know them but i am a priest right and she was serious right she she and and that's what made him stop he looked around he's like i'm catholic okay father put on the gloves put on the mask and just go straight there and straight back. Um, so I walked up, put on the mask, put on the gloves, and he checked my temperature. And it was like the, the cool ones that you see where it's like it just like looks at you. They don't stick anything in your mouth. So I literally I just walk in and my my hands are like this I'm just walking through, and I walk straight to her room um and she is on the on the final moments I could tell you know from from anointing different people throughout the years. I could tell
1: Father Brad wanted the family to be able to participate, so he had them gather at the window outside her room,
0: and they just gathered around the the outside of the window. She was right next to the window i, I, I was kind of in between them and we opened the window, the, the gentleman, the manager opened the window and he said, he said, okay, so you have a couple of minutes. So I did the shorter, right? Just the, the essentials, you know, with a couple more prayers and um, anointed her. And then um, did the Our Father and so they can join from outside. And I'm, I'm actually at this point like tearing up. So then I went straight out, joined the family and we sang the Litany of Saints. And they, they knew the responses they were singing so they were faithful you know like, mm. so it was uh, it was really beautiful it was a good moment because it to me even it said hey the church is still dispensing grace yeah like things are happening I'm saying mass anointings are happening we're just doing it on like a necessary basis. And um, and you might not hear about it, you know, right. you might not see it and you might not experience it personally, but it's happening and grace is real, even if we can't see it.
1: Even if we can't see it, that's it, isn't it? It's never when things are going well or in the mountaintop experiences, but the times we struggle, when we're laid low, that it seems so hard to recognize God. Maybe you had a chance to watch what is shaping up to be one of the most powerful moments of Francis' papacy, that moving, herby-at-orby blessing he gave just over a week ago in the pouring rain in a strikingly empty St. Peter's Square, Well, in poring over his words, I felt that one word again. Solicitude. You see, he told the famous story of Jesus and the disciples in the boat. And then this giant storm comes and the disciples are freaking out because the Lord is asleep. He's asleep in the stern. As Pope Francis says, This is the only time in the Gospels we see Jesus sleeping. The disciples wake him, saying... Teacher, do you not care if we perish? I mean, do you not care that millions of people are getting this virus? Thousands are dying alone in hospital beds with no one allowed to visit. People are losing grandmothers and grandfathers, moms and dads, even babies. Do you not care about those losing their jobs? The kids that have no school to go to or free lunch to eat? The parents who are worried sick about how to take care of them while trying to work or look for work at the same time? Do you not care, Lord, about how hard this is that we can't even receive you in the Eucharist? In the midst of our storm, Pope Francis tells us, Lord, You are calling to us, calling us to faith, which is not so much believing that you exist, but coming to you and trusting in you. This Lent, your call reverberates urgently. Be converted. Return to me with all your heart. You are calling on us to seize this time of trial as a time of choosing. It is not the time of your judgment, but of our judgment. A time to choose what matters and what passes away. A time to separate what is necessary from what is not. It is a time to get our lives back on track with regard to you, Lord, and to others. And it's this part that just really gets me. Francis reminds us that nothing and no one can separate us from the Lord's redeeming love. In the midst of isolation, when we are suffering from a lack of tenderness and chances to meet up, and we experience the loss of so many things, let us once again listen to the proclamation that saves us. He is risen and is living by our side. And that's why we wanted to bring Father Brad's story to you, as a reminder that our Lord is still at work, and His priests, along with countless laypeople, are still laboring in the vineyard. He's still working, still saving, still meeting us in our suffering. We'll be back in a moment.
2: Hey guys, it's Catherine with the Dunces Corner. We're all famous now, just rolling in that podcast money. I just wanted to let y'all know that we are so thankful that you're all are listening to this podcast and we want to hear from you right if you could let us know what you're thinking all your thoughts you know suggestions just send them our way you wonder in how many books dr minert has in his office i am too i went there the other day and he got more it scared me but anyway uh we just wanted you to know that we want to hear from you And we also wanted to let you know that you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, at the Dunces Corner, and on Twitter, at DuncePod, or you could email us at DuncePod at gmail.com. And last but not least, if you could just subscribe and give us a review on iTunes, that really helps uh, just spread the word so it's not just like our moms who are listening to this and telling us that we're good people. Uh, But yeah, thanks so much.
1: So, what does Father Brad hope people take away from this story that I first saw in one of his Facebook posts? He wants people to know that the bishops and the priests really do care and are still doing whatever they can to bring Christ to the people in the diocese. That's why I posted it um
0: I almost didn't I wanted to share that experience for my my benefit too like hey, this affected me, um but also for other people so they see it and and i did, it was I was on the of whether I should share it because it's like, oh, look at me. Look, I'm out in the field. I'm doing my thing. And it's like, no, that's not why I posted it. Right. I, w- I wanted people to see that and be edified. Um, I think there's, I mean, we don't see the meetings that the bishops are in with the priest councils and stuff and, and the, the turmoil. And they have to have like a strong, very definitive statement so you you might not see the bishop's turmoil and, and uh, canceling public mass or at least postponing it for right now, mm-hmm. you know, and and I could totally understand how that would be like, wow, it just looks like we just went with it. Um, but yeah, it was it was weeks of just praying and, and not wanting to and lifting the the obligation first that week before. And then but then who came anyway? I mean, the young, <laughs> oh, you don't have to go. And then young people basically in our parish, it was like. All the elderly came anyway. <laughs> it's the people we were trying to. So, like, okay, if we're going to protect them, um, and then also the bishop had the had the precedence of the pope in in the Vatican, and and um, and it has precedence throughout history too. You know, nineteen eighteen <laughs> Spanish flu, Charles Borromeo in in Milan during a plague canceled public uh, celebration of mass for 40 days um so it's it's not like it's unprecedented it's not like oh these bishops are doing something completely different than any bishops have ever done because there's a loss of faith it's like no there's saints who've done this
1: charles borromeo did what he could to minister to his people and Father Brad is doing what he can, even if it means offering to climb through nursing home windows. He knows that this is hard, but he trusts that God is still working for our good. So, I asked him to tell me where he thinks a greater good might be emerging from amidst this time of uncertainty.
0: I think a greater good that we could see is is a, a uh, no, more appreciation for and a less taken for granted of the mass and of the Eucharist of the sacraments. Um, Like, Oh wow. There's other people in parts of the world that like, this is their reality most of the time. And we like, let's say if your listeners are in United States or South Louisiana or the South in general, like church, and like freedom to worship and all these things are or are, are, are just taken for granted, even in my own life, right? Um, I recognize that and there's pl- places in the world where, where maybe a, a little bit of solidarity and an experience of solidarity and compassion might come from this. I think also the recognition, like let's say my example. So it's hard to speak about other people, but my example, like, wow, I could... There's so much I could do if I just get rid of unnecessary things in my life and stay with my vocation. What's my calling? Not that I was doing bad things, but it was like, Hey, you know, I could actually be on my church campus. I mean, obviously I was also at a school Well, the school's out. um, And there's other ministry stuff that was canceled, Abbey fest and different things. So it's almost like everything but my parish is canceled. In fact, I feel more connected to my parish because you know me, Brian, I would be all over the place if I could. And so it's almost making me not be all over the place and be like right here in my parish at St. Margaret's. Like I've left like three times, you know, in like two weeks, which is pretty great. <laughs> but it shows you how much spiritual harvesting could happen in this place where I live, you know, hmm. it's almost bringing everything down more to a, so, The principle of subsidiarity, like smallest things, smallest community right around you first, which is, uh, I think, could be a silver lining.
1: Silver linings aside, he's still getting adjusted to the new normal, just like the rest of us. That includes his new role as a YouTuber.
0: It's It's kind of getting old, which is good. And I was praying about that this morning, like... At first, it's fancy and new and like, oh, yeah, we got it. After a while, it just gets every day, which is going to be where the fruit comes, right? Where the, the, the spiritual benefit comes, where it's like, I really don't want to post another YouTube video. I'm tired of YouTube. But that's whenever it's, <laughs> it's good, you know.
1: That's when you break out the priestly ASMR videos, man. Right there. Change it, <laughs> change it up. <laughs> Exactly.
0: (laughs) That's the priestly beard ASMR rubbing on your microphone.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. This B side of The Dunce's Corner was brought to you by yours truly and Father Brad Doyle, with thanks to Catherine for the advertising. You can catch Father Brad on the Quizzical Papist, and you know where to find us. We'll see you next time.